0: Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Let me let you in on the secret. Jump in the car, adventure awaits, get on 24, head east. When you get on 24, you're going east. Get off right in Murfreesboro, right around Sam Ridley. That turns into 96, didn't know that. Apparently, that's the same thing. Apparently, it goes somewhere forever. You end up in Las Cassis, this little bitty town. It's awesome. You go through Las Casas, I don't know, there's Auburn town, an incorporated past that, like all these random towns and it's awesome. And eventually on this adventure, we had no idea where we were going. We had a thing we plugged into ways. we had the, the ending spot. A bunch of my buddies, we get together once a year. Everybody either flies back in, drives back in. We catch up on life, how's our wives? How are the kiddos? What's what's the Lord up to? And. So we met at this little place, this secret spot. Nobody knew what it was, but we heard if you go straight past Las Casas through Auburn Town, down through Smithville, you'd end up at this place called Cotton's Marina. It's right on the Caney right on one of the most beautiful stretches of river. And if you've ever driven like, like Nashville to Knoxville, which I know that's a, that's, a, that's a great drive, it's beautiful, you're gonna cross the Caney, what, five, six times as you go. We show up and this is my kind of spot because you show up at this a seemingly small marina and these two dogs just come storming out of this, this old southern seeming door. And I'm a, I'm a dog person, so immediately I look at the boys like we're in the right spot. We don't know if anybody's here, but it's gorgeous, and it's Cotton's Marina. We show up, this lady had our boat ready, super sweet, family-owned business for the last 30 years. Right on the Caney, as it gets right next to the dam, and then the Collins River meets it right there. And we go in, say hey to the lady that runs the place along with her husband, and she gives us the directions. Here's where you don't go. Here's what's too far. Here's the wake zone, here's where it stops. And it was so crazy because then we walk out to the back porch. And I kid you not, we didn't have to get on the boat once you see that view. It is this beautiful back porch, recliners. There's like sun drop and Mountain Dew in the refrigerator right here. There's like Coke bottle, like Coca-Cola's the old school ones where you got to grab a can opener for those bad boys. And you're like, I'm set. I could stay here the whole rest of the weekend. Like we don't even need the boat. The boat looks fun, but this is it. The secret place, this secret spot, we finally found it. It's tough to find, but it is phenomenal. The bummer of that trip and the bummer of every vacation that you've been on is that the vacation ends. It's like the worst feeling the morning. You wake up, you get all the stuff. And you guys, some of you are like really good at packing stuff. Like you're really good. Like the t-shirts are perfect. Shoes are here. You know what happens at the end of the trip, right? Get it all in. Just get it all in. You're sitting on it. Get it in and let's go. The hardest part of vacation is the morning you gotta come home. And we have to leave that secret place, that secret spot. And there's always that moment of what happens? What do we do now? Like the high goes away. That vacation moment of, man, this was awesome. I want to have this every day. And then it's gone. That's the right feeling. It makes sense. What if I told you the secret place that is geared to thrill my heart the most, the most deeply, was 20 feet inside my front door as you walk into the kitchen and you hang a right to go into my little office thing, study library of like eight books. And then there's this old chair. Dad gave me this chair. Dad's right over there. Sorry, dad. It's still really, really old. Um, I love this chair. Here's why it's good to pray in this chair. There's no arms on this chair. If you fall asleep in this chair, praying, it is over for you. It is done. It is done. It's over. I attempted to find the secret place uh, that Jesus talks a lot about in the scriptures, and I attempted to start on the couch in our living room. Not the best place. What happens? I'm done at that point. It's over. But if I go 20 feet inside my front door and I go in my office, and there's a hardwood floor right here, and I'm in this chair that creaks, that is loud only thing, and I'm not perfect at it, and I just want to say that uh, before you right now, I'm not perfect at finding that secret place every morning. I'm not. What I can argue to you this morning is there's something about this place. There's something about it, 100% something about this place that's shaping me and changing me right now, and I can't honestly explain it to you, but I can say this. There's something about it, and how do I know? Jesus kept going there over and over and over and over. He would find this desolate, secret spot, and he's out. The boys have no idea where he is, and he's cool with it. I want to make one argument to you this morning. Jesus lived in private prayer, lived in it. That was his thing. He lived in private prayer and he lives to meet you and me there now. So there's two moments of this. He lived in private prayer incarnationally on the earth during his ministry. The story didn't stop there though. He lives to meet you there now. There is something about this secret place that changes everything for me changes everything for you. And when you find Jesus, as we pick up the book of Mark this morning for just a minute, everything is bananas for him. His schedule is crazy. I asked our students a couple weeks ago, hey, uh, every fall semester we do this. First Sunday of the fall semester, get a napkin, get a piece of paper and write out your average Monday. I'm not gonna ask you to do it right now, but maybe when you get home later, try it out. Your average Monday. And these kids filled up fronts and backs of note cards. Here's what time I get up, here's when first period starts, here's where I go to lunch, here's football, here's soccer, volleyball, track, choir, whatever it is. And what we found in that moment is these kids are crazy busy and you are too, but there's nobody busier than the king. And we have to see as a church where he pivots, where he goes. You pick up Mark and it's awesome. I love the beginning of Mark. Uh, He is baptized, Jesus is tempted and then his earthly ministry kicks off. He goes up to four guys and just extroverted goes, hey, I want you to drop everything you're doing and I want you to follow me. Simon, Peter, Andrew, I'm in. Okay, I don't know what it means. I may not understand this at all, but I'm in because there's something about him. James and John, same thing. So you got four at this point. He goes, four's enough because really all you need is the king anyway. Let's go. So Mark's gospel picks up and they are on the move. They go into the synagogue on a Sunday and immediately Jesus starts teaching and the disciples are like, whoa, um, we just are getting to know you, but you're teaching with an authority that we haven't really seen. And it's unbelievable what happens. What happens? Man's in there, he's got an unclean spirit in him. What does the unclean, demonic spirit say to Jesus? You're you're Lord. Even the demons believe and they shudder. They recognized him. Jesus calls this demon out and everybody's like, what? Who's that guy? Who's, Who's that one? There's something special about him. Jesus is busy. I gotta get baptized by John, make sure that works cool. I gotta go for a a good bit and be tempted by this one that I, I don't wanna be tempted by, but I'm greater than, so I'm not worried about it. Then I'm gonna go find four guys and I'm gonna start changing the world with four guys. We gotta go to the synagogue. And as we pick it up in Mark chapter one, as if he is not busy enough, he heads to a home. Mark chapter one, verse 29. Would you stand with me as we read this? Mark chapter one, verse 29. He finishes in the synagogue. Verse 28, his fame has spread. And in verse 29, here we go. Immediately, he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her. The fever left her and she began to serve them. That's quick. Not bad, dude's powerful. Something about this guy. That evening at sundown, so here's what you need to know. At this moment, the Sabbath had ended. Healings could begin at this time. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city, now that's hyperbole in this moment, that's hyperbole. It's not the entire city, but it's giving you a, just a glimpse of the fame that's starting to begin as Jesus is busy and his earthly ministry kicks off. The whole city was gathered at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Let's pray together. Father, would you bless your word this morning? Would you teach us more about who you are and that the place that you always go to find life, would we pivot there as you did? Would we live in prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. That part's all good. It illustrates the busyness of Jesus in this moment. Your napkin is completely full, and I'm not making light of it. Your card, if you had to write down an average day, is full, I get it. What I love about Jesus and Mark, he's going, I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Watch where I go. Check this out. Verse 35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. I am so Simon in this moment. And they found him and said to him, everybody's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Do you see it? My whole life until three years ago, I never saw it. Never saw it. Never stuck out to me, never mattered to me. I didn't understand it. Jesus is crazy busy, and there is spiritual warfare and division and disunity and all of the above. And what does Jesus do? in the midst of the busy. And let's just paint the picture. That's a late night, sundown on the Sabbath, the whole, everybody's coming to him. Please heal me, please heal me, please heal me. So he is up late into the wee hours of the morning. And then later on in the morning, Simon Peter's like, where are you at? Like, don't you know, like we've got people to see. There's a crowd, like we're gaining in popularity. This is good, church multiplication, growth strategy right here. There's tons of people right there. And Jesus, right, you, don't, you don't get it. I'm showing you a pattern that you will see for me as I head towards Jerusalem. And we all know what Jerusalem means for Jesus, it is where he would give himself up for beggars like you and me. And Jesus comes in and goes, you know what? First things first, rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed, went to a desolate place. Now, just so you know, in your mind as you picture this, it's not desert. There's not a desert spot in Capernaum in that moment. It ain't happening. What he's saying is Jesus meant to find a spot simply to be alone. Doesn't have to be an old rickety chair where you fall out if you sleep. That's good for me. That's accountability for me. That's fear factor for me. Where's it at for you? Jesus is saying, you know what? This is what I'm gonna do. And let me me point this out over and over and over. Mark six, after the feeding of the 5,000, so the miracle already happened. The 5,000 were fed and that's just men that were counted. What does Jesus do immediately after? I gotta get alone. I gotta pray. The secret place matters here. Luke five, after healing the leper, Jesus straight to prayer by himself. Gotta find the secret place. Luke 6.12, I've never done this. This might be fun. I'm working on my discipline here. Jesus spent all night in prayer. Be fun to do once. I might need your accountability on that one. Here we go. Luke 6.12, Matthew 14, goes up on the mountainside alone to pray. And in Mark 14, that's a pretty troubling chapter, he goes to Gethsemane with his boys. You guys stay here and pray. I'm going to go over here. I've got to be with the Father. Tomorrow is coming. It's going to be nuts. But this is where i got to go first. Jesus not only preached this he practiced it this is his pattern go through the gospels it's so good I thought it was just mark 135 I never saw it as a pattern but it's such a pattern throughout all four gospels of Jesus going this is crazy everything is busy spiritual warfare is wild I gotta get alone and it's so much more than a weekend thing at the marina It is daily getting yourself and myself to the secret place and letting that conversation happen. This is what he does. This is who he is. A lot of people say Jesus' most famous sermon is the Sermon on the Mount. So if this is gonna be a pretty massive discourse of what Jesus says, here's what I would argue. It's pretty stinking cool that he throws prayer into the most powerful, uh, most famous sermon. He throws it in. What does he say? I'll read it to you real quick. It's super simple, super short. It's one verse. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Here's a fun fact about first century or really Palestine at this moment. There's no doors on the rooms. So when you shut your door, go in there by yourself, shut the door, there's not really a door except on the storeroom, the closet. And those closets most often weren't big enough to fit anything in. So Jesus' point here is not that you've got to shut the door and cordon everything off, but it is, you got to find a spot that's you and him. Freedom from the phone, set it over here, no TV on here, and you've got that moment where it's just you and him in a gospel conversation that starts between you and him. When everything gets busy, y'all, look where he pivots every time. He goes to the secret place after triumphs and after tragedies. It's an unbelievable pattern of scripture. Here's where I'm gonna be really, really honest with you. I'm I'm not there. I'm just not. Ask Chelsea, she's over there. My wife's awesome. I'm working on it, but I'm not there. I want this to be what is when my kids go, what did Daddy really he he really tried to follow Jesus? The number one thing I want to incorporate into the lives of my little ones is that Daddy prized this place. That was it. And then everything flowed out of there because that's how Jesus did this. He found a secret place and he went from there, but too often I'm Simon. Simon comes in, hey Jesus, I finally found you. And the words that Simon uses as in hunt, some of your scripture says, search out, some of your translations say, every single time that word is used in the book of Mark, it's negative. It's an attempt to control Jesus. My agenda is this. No, I've got this. Have you seen my napkin? Have you seen my card? Jesus, there's a crowd. Like tons more people can hear about you. And Jesus is like, I'm I'm good. I'm good. This is on my schedule. I'm crazy busy. And I know you are too. But I'm right there with you. How do you know he's there? He promises it. Two things, on earth, during his incarnational ministry, Jesus prized, lived in private prayer. I love the gospel because it doesn't stop at the cross in that moment, right? He's raised, the ascension happens. He's at the right hand of the Father, we get the spirit. And here's what's cool about that. He lived in prayer on earth, and now he lives in prayer with you. And so every time you find that spot in your home or on that back porch or whatever it looks like, you get that secret place moment. Jesus is your intercessor now. Big word. Gee, what does that even mean? I don't know. I'm working on it. Here's what I found. Dane Ortland says that Jesus prays for you all the time. It doesn't stop. What does it mean to intercede for somebody? You plead for that person on their behalf. So what does that mean for you as a believer? If you know Jesus and you enter your secret place, whatever room you wanna find, whatever that looks like, high school kids you are showing up 10 minutes early to, to school in the morning and you're chilling in that car and that's your secret place getting you ready. Start with five minutes, it doesn't matter. It's just gotta start in that moment as you talk to Jesus, he's making sense of your words to the father and he is pleading your case to the father. It's unbelievable. That's the best conversation possible. And you're going, Garrett, like I'm not there. And I'm going, honestly, I'm not there yet either, but Jesus got there. And if Jesus got to this place of secret where it's just him and the father, church, that has to be us. It's gotta be us. You're like, Garrett, 2021's crazy. We've got division here. We've got that person doesn't like that person. We've got half of the church may do this and that and the other, and I I get it. And you're like, but my napkin is full of stuff. My schedule is crazy. And I'm saying, yes, it all is true and it all is real. And that's why that moment has to happen. It's gotta happen. The hope for our church, the hope for Nashville, the hope for the kids in all these high schools and middle schools and beyond and these college students and the hope for your office, the hope for your home, the first seminary, by the way. The first seminary is the home. The hope for that moment is that you and I get here and we find Jesus Christ to be exactly who he says he is. He lived in prayer and he lives to intercede. Every time you jump into that moment, he is there, believer. And he's ready. And he's not mad that you may have missed yesterday. He ain't like that. He can't wait for today. And you're going, gee, 2021's already hard. This, we got the virus, we've got schedules, we've got everything. Yeah, I'm with you. It stinks. Mucho, what do we do? Triumph and tragedy. Jesus found his way here. The key in both moments, triumph and tragedy, is how quickly you and I pivot to the secret place. How quickly you get here. Well, I gotta go to this person first. That person ain't Jesus. They're fine. They're cool. I like them. I need to go to Chelsea. She's right over here. She's so much smarter than me. She's a great sounding board. She will argue to me, have you gone to Jesus about this already? No. Let's get to him. In triumph and tragedy, the key for you and me as we live out 2021, this fall semester, is how quickly you get to the secret place. How do I know? So, Jesus did. That's how he lived. And in his most painful spot, you get to Gethsemane, you find him there. Secret place equals best place. You get a convo with a king, nothing beats it. He's there, he's good like that. It's hard to have an intercessor without giving Jesus your whole life. Let me put it that way. You can't have the living spirit of God in your soul if you haven't surrendered your life to him. Amen? Is that fair? So here's my question. With nobody looking around, everybody's eyes closed. Nobody worried about the person next to him, but just you. I know this is different. If you want to know Jesus and you've never given him your life, you're like, I need an intercessor so that when I go to this secret place that I'm going to carve out at my house, I've got somebody there. Right now, some of you are going, if I did that, I I don't even know Jesus. I've never given him my life or asked forgiveness of sin. If that's you with nobody looking at me right now, everybody is praying right now. If you want Jesus as Savior and you've never given him your life with no pressure at all, no pressure, If you don't feel the tug of the spirit on your soul in this moment, cool, no big deal. But if you do, with nobody looking, if you want Jesus, you just look at me right now and that's it. If you know this is my moment, I gotta have Jesus. I need an intercessor. I don't know how I'm gonna make it through 2021 without him now. I want him in the secret place. I need him to forgive me. If that's you, you're just looking straight at me and make it awkward. If you know you need Jesus, just look up at me. Cool. I got you. You need an intercessor. I'm gonna say a prayer out loud that you can say in the silence of your heart. I'm not gonna embarrass you, nothing like that. But if you know you need Jesus today, you've never given him your life, this is your spot right now. Follow after me as I pray and you pray in the silence of your heart. Jesus, in this moment, I give you my life. I need you to intercede for me. Can't do it on my own. Gotta have you. Would you forgive me of my sin? Create in me a new heart, a clean heart. Go with me all the days of my life. Jesus, in this moment, I give my life to you. And all God's people said, Amen. If that's you and you really meant it, you really meant it and you're like, I don't don't wanna move past this moment. There's a new spot right out these doors to the left, straight out to the left. You're gonna see a glass wall of windows. Don't run into them. They're very new and very clean. Be careful, but go in there. Go in there. There's gonna be folks with smiles on ready to go. Oh, you made a decision. I would love to talk to you about what that is. What did Jesus just do in your heart? If you minute, we'll see you right back there as soon as we break. He's there. The secret place is for you too.